So we'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Head of this section in my Bible says the sanctity of the body, which is very important. But I'm going to read from verse 12 to the end. 1 Corinthians 6, reading from verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord... And will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Paul is quite keen on this word, do ye not know? He says it quite frequently, doesn't he? I mean, we read it in chapter 6, verse 1. Do ye not know? The saints shall judge the world. Verse 3, know ye not, ye shall judge angels. Verse 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They've been taught these things. They should know these things. Verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Verse 16, what know ye not that which is joined to an harlot is one body. And verse 19, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. All things they should know and recognise and take to heart. All very important. So, we've come from the heights of being in the Lord's lovely presence and we have to go back to a little bit of seedier things from the word of God. But this is life, isn't it? This is man in the flesh. Uh, And we can't hide that. The Bible does not hide that either. The Bible makes quite clear what man is in the flesh Uh, and Christians also unfortunately can follow into this as well 
So, what we're talking about now is the culture. We talked about the culture of Corinth and probably most of Greece. It was their culture. Uh, we heard the expression to Corinthianize. They went into extreme lasciviousness and all forms of sexual immorality. And they didn't see it as wrong behaviour. And Paul is even suggesting that even some of the Christians didn't see it as wrong behaviour. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this, when he's planning to come again. He says, Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. That's chapter 12, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians. So there's an issue there, isn't there, that some of these Christians may have gone back to it, but the issue is they have not repented. And it's a grave sin that they are committing. Um, and they're defiling their body. That's what the Lord is saying to them. So things are not quite right in Corinth, are they? We've been seeing right through this. A lot of things wrong. There's a lot of things to be put right. We had read out this morning from John, which is lovely. We are sanctified with the offering of the body of Christ once for all, yeah? Sanctified. And the lovely thought there, the lovely clean thought there, is that here we are in the presence of the Lord and we are sanctified, we are set apart for him. We are his holy ones, made holy. That was a one-off thing that was done at the cross. However, the scripture talks about practical sanctification. Yes, we have exhortations in the scripture of practical sanctifications. Yeah. Things like don't yield your members to unrighteousness. You yield your members to righteousness. All these are our exhortations. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Again you see Thessalonians, they're Greeks, aren't they? So they probably had a little bit of problem with this culture as well. And I'm going to talk about this culture in a minute or so with regards to young people because it's, it's very important that this horrible culture is in schools, being taught in schools as well. But in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says this, For this is the will of God. So there's the clear will of God for Christians, yes, particularly these Greek Christians. Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Now that's quite clear, isn't it? Can I get any clearer than that? You're not pleasing the Lord uh, by doing sexual immorality. You're defiling your body and you should be abstaining from it. We also read in Colossians which tells us what to do about the flesh. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify there your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Lots more things getting added there, isn't there? So that sort of thing. 
And we read further on in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, 3. With fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Should not be named amongst us, should it, at all. For these things. So that's what we're talking about here. So we know the Corinthian culture. And, and in these days, it seems to us so much worse, doesn't it? These days of what's going on in the world. And I'm sure we're all streetwise to that. We're not walking around with our eyes closed. But it's what you see on television, what you see on movies. It's what you read in papers. It's what you read in books. It's everywhere. There's a culture of sexual immorality in the whole world. Yeah. And no one can deny that. To excess. But the Christians are to be set apart from this. Completely. And they shouldn't be getting involved in it. In any way, shape or form. Yeah? So we shouldn't be reading things like Fifty Shades of Grey. And why am I aware of that title? It's because it's been on the media and it gets put in your mind, doesn't it? Things get put in your mind and you can't forget things that put in your mind. And you think, Fifty Shades of Grey. And say that to a lot of people think, right, I'm going to go out and get this book, this Fifty Shades of Grey, and I'm going to read it. Because the seed is planted in your mind. Things like that's what you read, isn't it? It's what you see, especially what you see, because things that you see gets in your mind and it will stay there for a long, long time. So we have to be very careful what you watch, yes? Switch it off. It's the simplest thing to do. Switch it off. Now we have all sorts of things going on in schools, what they're teaching in schools, homosexuality, uh, lesbians and transvestites and everything else and all that field that comes under, they're all getting taught that in school, aren't they? And it, it's sad that they're getting indoctrinated with all these things, it's getting put into their mind and it's getting put into their mind that this is normal behaviour, which is not normal behaviour. And we need to be, you know, mindful of our young people who are Christians and, and they need protecting. And we need to teach them these things to make them aware of it and put them on the right course, not the wrong course. Uh, but they need to be informed from us, don't they? Or your mums and dads need to inform them clearly what's going on. So we're in this horrible culture. So it's hard for young Christians these days, isn't it? In the book of Timothy it says, flee youthful lusts. So it says, flee it. That's a good, good advice, isn't it? Run away from it. Best option. Because the longer you stay, the longer you be tempted, just flee. And we've said in here, flee fornication. And nothing to do with it. Because it says useful lusts, that might say to the rest of us who aren't getting older, might say, well, we haven't got any useful lust left. But it can still apply to us as well. So all this is quite solemn, isn't it? And 
very depressing. I don't like being depressing, but it's it's reality, isn't it? It's reality. Uh, but there's good news further on. But anyway, he says, all things are lawful unto me. Uh, so that might mean they're abusing grace as well. They might even Some of them might be even saying, it is lawful for me. You know, I'm a Christian. I can go to the temple and mix with the prostitutes. That's not lawful, is it? That's abuse of liberty as well. All things are lawful. It means all things are permissible to me. Now that should say sin apart. Sin is not permissible. (laughs) All things are permissible. Sin apart. And every one of us has to work out what is permissible. Yes? Because something that might hinder me, might not hinder you. You are happy doing something, it's permissible to you, but it might not be permissible to me because it's hindering my Christian progress. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, some Christians say they'll drink wine. And I've seen Christians drink wine. I'm of the view we should not drink wine. Abstinence totally. Um, that's my view. And I've never done so. But you may have to be careful that you don't stumble others. Right? This is what this is all about. You've got liberty, but you haven't got the liberty to stumble other Christians. Be very careful what you think. And when it's talking about meats here, meats for the belly and belly for meats, there was an issue around food being sacrificed to idols, aren't there? And some of the Corinthians realised, well, an idol is nothing. Therefore, I'm just going to eat the food. Some other Christians might be more sensitive and think, well, it's sacrificed to an idol. And you may stumble them by eating it. So therefore, you would abstain from eating it for the sake of their conscience, not yours. Yes? So this, is it permissible? It comes into the, the realm of we should be looking out for one another and caring for one another and be careful we don't stumble one another. Now, I'm not stumbled by seeing Christians drink alcohol. It does disturb me a little bit when you see them getting a bit tipsy on it, but having wine with their lunch, I don't see, I don't get stumbled by that. But some might. So you've got to be careful, haven't you? In that sense. All things are not expedient, he says. All things don't profit. Yes. Hebrews, it reminds me of Hebrews. Cast off every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. But there's a weight there as well, which might not be sin, but there's a weight. There's something you're doing, it's a weight on you, and it's, it's hindering you progressing in the things of the Lord, uh, and it needs to be dealt with. Yes. So if then think hindering your progress, and you think, right, this is not doing me any good, it's not profiting me at all, you might want to forsake that. Just ask that question. All things are lawful of me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be enslaved by it. Yes? You can get into habits that enslave. And again, sexual immorality, you can be enslaved by that. You can get into a habit of it. Brought under the power of it. Don't be brought under the power of anything. 
you've done it once, I must do it again, I must do it again. And, and you know, you're enslaved, you're brought under the power of it. So you've lost your liberty in the sense that as well. Meats for the belly and belly for meats. That's the stomach, isn't it? Meats for the stomach. And, the, and the, what, the, what the Lord says, he says an unusual thing, but God shall destroy both it and them. That word destroy is what it means, he's just going to take it away. It doesn't mean he's going to destroy. It means when we get to glory, we won't have any need of a stomach. Right? <laughs> we won't need Gaviscon in heaven. <laughs> <coughs> Because we have a totally different resurrected body, like unto his glorious body. So meats are temporary, therefore here, yes? However, we can be gluttons. And I always, I always you know, chuckle at Titus when it says one of their own prophets tells them, the, the Cretans, they're liars. And they're also lazy gluttons. <laughs> So he's telling them as it is. Yes, he was telling them as they are. You are lazy gluttons. So we don't want to fall into that bracket either with meats, do we? We can overeat. We all know that. Eat too much. Or eat the wrong things as well. Um, we can all get judgmental of one another. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sure you've noticed how addictive things are in the meat world as well, isn't it? Especially chocolate. So, meats for the belly and belly for meats, but God shall take away both of them. Then he says, now the body is not for fornication, it is for the Lord. We're set apart for the Lord, yeah? And the Lord for the body. The Lord has saved, saved us, sanctified us, and he's going to raise this body of ours again. This body of humiliation is going to be transformed at resurrection into his glorious body. Now isn't that a lovely thing? There's an incentive to keep our, our bodies holy, yes? They're going to be transformed and resurrected uh, into his glorious body. There's, I'm going to read 1 Peter because it comes on towards the end. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says this, you Know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, the precious blood of Christ. Two great motives for holiness. The value of the blood which was shed and has purchased us, and the fact that we, our bodies, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Bear those two things in mind. The precious blood of Christ, which has purchased us. We're not our own. Very important we understand that, yes. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us. There's something to check, isn't it, when... We're going off the scale, off the ropes. Know ye not <clears throat> that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. So, to be joined to an harlot, you become 
one flesh. Just like the marriage symbol, yes? A man and woman who are married, they are bound together for life. They're one flesh. So, Paul is saying, if you are going with prostitutes and things like that, you are becoming one flesh with them. You are defiling their body. And it must be awful, especially for Christians, if one of the party has committed adultery. Imagine how the other party must feel uh, when one of their parties committed adultery. It's a violation, isn't it, of the body. They've defiled the body. And that will take a lot to get over and overcome. Flee fornication. Every sin that the man doeth without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Know ye not, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We think lightly of that, don't you think? That, you know, that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. I often forget that. He dwells within us. We walk in the Spirit, will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And he's, he's here within us till the redemption of the purchased possession. When we're all taken home to glory. The Holy Spirit is with us. The emphasis on holy, sanctity of the body, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We are not our own. We may think we're our own. I can do this, I can do that, I can please myself, I can do what I like. We are not our own. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. All serious exhortations are there. For you are bought with a price. Just think of the cost of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thought about his sufferings this morning. The cost. The shedding of his precious blood. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is God's. That's what we should all aim for, shouldn't we? Glorifying God in our bodies. Temple, the dwelling place of God, the Holy Spirit is within us. The value of the blood, I know as Christians you, you, you try to think to yourself, and you know, I'm trying to value the blood of Christ, I'm, I'm trying to appreciate the blood of Christ. And you think to yourself, how much do I appreciate the blood of Christ? And then you comfort yourself by saying, it's what the value what the Father puts upon the blood. When he sees the blood. Not when we see the blood, it's when he sees the blood. That's the value of it. But two great motives for holiness. We're purchased by the precious blood of Christ, not our own. And we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So we can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let's close in prayer.
Our Father, we do thank thee again for thy word and we, we know the Bible well. And we know that the Bible tells us exactly what man is and all his failings. And we can see that so clearly in life 